Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Hello, hello, hello. This is Miss Kapow, and today's date is June 4th, 2018. Well, today we were going to continue in the book of... First John. Yes. One John. Not the Gospel of John. The first letter of John. All right? Okay. This is the second in a series. I don't know how long it'll go. But last week we did the first part and we talked about the marvelous, marvelous everlasting life. So you need to go back and listen to that one if you haven't, because it was really, really good about the difference between eternal life and immortality. Yep. Eternal life has no end and has no beginning. Amen. Amen. And that's what's in you when you become a born again Christian. Mm -hmm. Repent of your sins and walk in the spirit. You get eternal life, and that's a, a force, a power that's always been, always will be. It never will cease, whereas the matrix or the system that you live in, the world that you live in, will one day uh, cease to exist. Yep, and it had a beginning and will have an end. Yes. So even though if someone were able to to achieve immortality here in this world, as soon as the matrix ends, that immortality would end. So exactly. everlasting life is something totally different. It's really a glorious thing. Mm-hmm. So listen to last week's show if you haven't. The other thing we explained is um, our focus, our, our mission is to the remnant. And I would say to the true church, to the true called out ones, people who are called out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. They're called out of religion. <clears throat> and... Um, false worship yes they're called out of sin Mm -hmm. and shame and guilt and worshiping the things of satan and uh being part of the world they're called out of that so the new testament in the greek they were called ecclesia the called out ones and that's where we get our term church Church has been hijacked to mean a building or an organization mm-hmm. uh, with a pastorship and people. Here's the steeple. Here's the people, right? Mm-hmm. That's what church has become to mean. Uh, it wasn't like that biblically in the first century. It just means called out ones, people who are called out by God. Right. Spirit drove, drove, drove them out. So um, that's who we're talking to. We're talking to you, the true ecclesia. The called out ones, we're talking to the remnant who are there. So the remnant, like I said last week, they hear Christ's voice. They hear the shepherd's voice. There's only one shepherd. Mm -hmm. They hear his voice and they respond to him. They don't follow false Christ. They don't follow Cheez-Its. They follow Christ. They hear his voice. Not everybody hears his voice. Not Mm -hmm. everybody does. Only his sheep. Because they have ears to hear. Yes. Yep. So it's not just everybody. So I'm, that's what I'm getting at. So our message is to the sheep, the lost sheep. We're, it's the birds. They're little birdies. We're feeding the birds, the grain that God has given us. Mm-hmm. So like I said last week, I can't control who listens and who doesn't, but there are those who are non-remnant people. They're religious people. Um, and you know, they listen, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know, you know, this, but they'll, they'll, you know, uh, they'll disagree cause it's too harsh or the tone or whatever. And that's fine. I mean, you could disagree with brother and sister Kapow all day long. Uh, we, we don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. We, we absolutely don't care what you think. You could disagree with us, but when you start disagreeing with the message of the word of God, because that's all we do is do the word of God. That's And we're going to teach that today. We're just the word of God. When you disagree with the word of God, you don't disagree with us. You disagree with the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're walking the line of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. It's an unpardonable sin. You can't be pardoned for it. And the reason why is because you, you revile, you blaspheme, you mock, you joke, you scorn the, the very spirit of, of Christ, the very spirit of God the spirit of truth, that everlasting life, that power we talked about last week, you mock it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a warning. Yeah, and it's the Holy Spirit that draws you. So. Yeah. Yes, and so if you, if you reject that, if you blaspheme 
that Holy Spirit that draws you to truth and you reject that and you mock it and you scorn it and you know you know more there is to know because you know you're religious you're not going to experience mm-hmm. eternal life yeah because you basically cut off your lifeline exactly so that's a that's a huge warning and I and I know there's people out there and uh, that's that's the warning to you and if you don't like that, you you really shouldn't like that. You should really heed that warning because that's really true. Mm-hmm. Okay? But for the rest of you who, who have accepted the Spirit, you hear the voice of Christ, you follow Him, you're the remnant, and you want to grow in your relationship, this is for you. Yes. All right? Mm-hmm. So last week, we had read in First John up to verse 4, and we talked about that marvelous, marvelous Life, uh, everlasting life. That's Correct, right. Mr. Capone? That's right, yeah. And we left you with this because the Apostle John says um, about the everlasting life, that, that power, that force, he says, that which we have seen and heard and we declared unto you, that you might have fellowship not only with us, but with the Father and with the Messiah, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, and he gave us the reasons why he wrote these things, that that the joy could be full. You understand? He didn't say happiness. Don't think you're going to be happy in this world. But your joy is in God. That's right. Your joy is in the everlasting life, the eternal life you get. And so when he goes on, he says in verse 5, and we talked about this last week, but we're going to really dissect it now. He says, this then is the message. After he, he lays down this whole foundation about the everlasting life and who he is and your salvation and what you get inside of you, mm-hmm. that spirit of, of God himself in you. After he lays that beautiful foundation down, he says, this then is the message. The promise. Ooh, Yeah. Which we have heard of him, who? The Messiah. And declare unto you, who? You. That God is light. Light. And in him, who? God. Is no darkness at all. Mm -hmm. So after laying down that whole foundation from verses one through four, he then tells us this message. So we should perk up and go, let's hear this message. Mm, that's right. Because this literally, folks, seriously, I'm talking to the remnant here. This literally is life and death. Mm-hmm. This makes this is the difference between eternal life with Christ in, in the heavenlies, eternally, becoming who you 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 were before the fall in the garden. It's the difference between living forever in Christ or eternal damnation. Mm -hmm. That's, this is this, it's, this is, it's your life depends on it. Your eternal life depends on this, Mm -hmm. this message. That's how important it is. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's also a scary thing if you're a game player. That's right. If you know what I mean. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. Ms. Kapow, will you read from uh, verse 5 to the... 10? Yeah, end of the chapter. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness... We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So let's take the very first verse here. We're going to break all this down. This then is the message which we have heard of him, God, Christ, Messiah. And we declare it unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Mm -hmm. This is highly important, the difference between light and darkness. God is pure light. Mm -hmm. There is no shadow. There's no gray area with him. He does not cast a shadow. And then there's darkness. And in that darkness, there's no light. But God is all light. There is no darkness in him. And it's not just a statement where we go, oh, that's kind of a cool, you know, new agey statement to say. It's very important because there's no darkness in him. There can't be any darkness in us. We can't walk in any type of darkness at all. We can only walk in the pure light. And if we say, well, you know, we know God, you know, we're, we're, we're Christians. We, we have fellowship with God, but yet you still walk in darkness. You're a liar. Mm -hmm. John says we lie and do not the truth. He didn't say do not know the truth. You do not the truth or what is true. Mm -hmm. You don't do what is true because you're, you're a liar. That's not good. That's not good. So he wouldn't, John wouldn't have wrote that unless there were people who believed that they had fellowship with God when they actually didn't, mm -hmm. when they were actually walking in darkness. Um, and so it's vital that we understand what is light and what is dark. Mm -hmm. And you know, this, this goes all the way back to Genesis in the beginning when God created the heaven and the earth mm -hmm. and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness and God, God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. Thank you for that. Because it does, it, it just goes, everything biblically, it's already stated. It was already stated from the very beginning. And it all points to Messiah. It all points to that. And like, you know, you just read, there is a separation, correct? Yep. There's no, it, you didn't read that account and says, well, he made light and there was a little bit of shadow. Mm -mm. And then there's a twilight, which is kind of cool. Then it gets real dark and then it gets dawn. So you can kind of hang out right in the dawn or the twilight area. It's either light or it's dark. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's either good or evil. It's that tree of good, the knowledge of good or evil. Yep. Right. And John 1, 4 says in him. Christ was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. John three nineteen says, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds, deeds were evil. Clear distinction, mm -hmm. clear distinction. What is light and what is darkness? And once you understand that, and it's not hard to understand, once you understand that, then you know, I need to walk in the light because mm -hmm. God is light. I can't have any darkness. Uh, let me give you just a little example from the, the gun world, right? Mm -hmm. Those who might have firearms or follow this stuff. You know, there's always a debate on uh, ammunition caliber, you know, so you'll have a group of people going, I only carry 40 caliber rounds because it's stopping power. You know, mm -hmm. if I shoot somebody, I want them to knock them on their butt and stop them. And somebody else says, what? You know, 40, I carry nine millimeter because it's faster. It, it has a faster uh, round and it'll, it'll poke holes right through somebody. And somebody says, what? I carry a 38, you know, because, you know, or I carry, a, you know, 45 hollow point because it's like a big jacuzzi when they hit somebody, you know. And there's always this debate on what round to carry. You know, and then there'll be some some person go, well, I got a little 22. And, and everybody will laugh at them. They'll go, 22, all you're doing is going to irritate the crook. You're going to shoot the crook and you're going to irritate them and then they're going to kill you. 
You know, you got to have something bigger than a 22. That's just a plinking gun. Um, and so you'll hear this kind of debate in the gun world. But you know, and there's another saying, though. In all reality, uh, nobody wants to get shot even just a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one wants to get shot even just a little. So if, if there's a, a an attacker on somebody and that person only has a 22 and he shoots that person, that attacker doesn't want to get shot even if it's just a little. Yeah. Okay. So this is, so I apply that, that principle applies here when we're talking about light and darkness, you, you cannot be in fellowship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, and yet walk in darkness just a little. Mm-mm. You can't walk in darkness just a little. No. Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And um, also in Matthew, where it says, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. And then it goes back to, it refers back to um, the Old Testament, Micah, says, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, when I fall, I shall rise, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall shine shall be a light unto me. And then Isaiah 9, 2 says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. It is so light and dark. Mm -hmm. There's no shadow. There is a a heretical false teaching that's uh, been going on for centuries, and it's real popular today. A lot of people believe it, and that's once saved, you're always saved. Mm. They believe in an eternal security rather than eternal life. And I've argued uh, against this over and over again. We wrote about it and argued about it. I even had peers that mm. disagreed with me. And um, like I said, you could disagree with me all you want, but you're disagreeing with the word of God and you're rejecting truth in the spirit. And um, you, you cannot prove me wrong because I only use the scriptures. It's mm-hmm. the truth of the scriptures. It's not something I made up. And the scriptures warn about that, that you can fall away. Yeah. Over and over again. But there is a false teaching there, and it's a comfort zone for people because they think um, they can just do what they wilt is to hold the law as long as you once were saved. Mm-hmm. And, um, heck, I had a pastor tell me that. You know, when I when I tried to give him my testimony and tried to tell him that I was going to die that I knew I'd go to hell if I died that night. And he kept saying, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. But you didn't. Right? Right. But I know I would have if I would. But you didn't. You know, so... Uh, So it's a nice, easy peasy message for your congregation to believe that they're good to go. But, you know, you're going to be accountable someday. And Christ's going to go, I never knew you. And you go, but didn't I preach these sermons? Didn't I, wasn't I a a pastor of a a big, large Calvary chapel? Didn't I do this? Didn't I I have a TV ministry? And he's going to go, depart from me. I never knew you. I don't know who you are. I've never had fellowship with you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You don't be that guy. No, you don't want the, you don't want to hear those words from the Lord. No, you don't. Don't be that guy. So you can argue all you want with brother. I can disagree with that. I I I can care less. You really need to count the cost. Are you arguing with with the scriptures, with the Spirit of God? Because if you are, you're walking that line. It's a warning. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you, folks. It's it's we're at the time where there's just no more messing around. It's over with. You know, you're either going to walk in the light or you're going to walk in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And it, it, this is what John, this is what John had wrote to his readers centuries ago. He's warning you about this. And so we read verse six. If we say that we have no fellowship with him and we walk in dark, if we say we have fellowship with God and we walk in darkness, then we're liars. Mm-hmm. And we don't know the truth. But in verse seven says, but if we walk in the light, as he is light. Who, who is light? God, mm-hmm. right? That's We've established that. If we walk in the light as God is light, is the light, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have fellowship one with another. Do we have fellowship? He's not talking about fellowship with other Christians here. He's talking about, he's in context, he's talking about God, you, God's son, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. That's who you're going to have fellowship with if you walk in the light. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship God it, with God, and God has fellowship with us. You get it? That's, right. mm-hmm. That's like when Jesus said, we used the scripture last week about um, when they said, hey, your mom and your brothers are out there. They want to talk to you. And he goes, well, who are my mother? Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Mm-hmm. But those that do the will of God, that have fellowship. The, exactly. Those other people that remnant, the ecclesia, that have fellowship with God and his Messiah, those are my brothers and sisters. See, not everybody. Not, I love everybody. I'm to- That's worldly tolerance. Mm-hmm. That's tolerance of their sin and their behavior and their error. That's not godly love. That's not agape love. Mm-mm. You know, 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And then James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Paul writes the same thing in his own style, but it's the same spirit that is written in the scriptures. He's saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's saying, walk in the spirit, walk, walk in the light. And... Don't fulfill the lust of those flesh. Mm-hmm. Don't walk in the darkness. It's all over the place. It's it's written all over the scriptures. I that's why it just befuddles me how people that call themselves Christian, just this phony Christianity religion, that they can continue to walk in darkness and continue to sin and think it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that they're gonna be all right at the end of the day. Yeah. Totally deceived by the enemy. Totally deceived, you yeah. know. Well, the world is deceived, right? I mean, atheists, Satanists. Oh, they're, they're of course, but you expect it from them. Mm-hmm. But the worst people are the ones who 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 think that they're not deceived. Yeah, because they think that there's an exception to their circumstances, and that God somehow will change His word just for you. It's different. It's different for you. It's different today because I love Him, so it's different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We talked. We had this conversation the other day, Miss Capow and I, mm-hmm. about how it's just it's. It, well, I understand what the scriptures say, but it's different for us because fill in the blank. Yeah, that's you know, because a lot of you know the the script the Bible says you know marriage is if, when you go and you find somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with, you cannot think of it as well, you know. If it works out, we'll stay together, blah, 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 blah. If not, you know, there's a way to, we can divorce. You can't, you can't have that mindset. And then when you meet somebody and they're not of the same faith as you, they don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, do not even get started in that relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Because how many times have we heard people say, well, I know they don't believe in Christ, but we just love each other and I just believe that God is going to save this person and yada, yada, yada. And they get mixed in because they think that God that this time that this is where where God's leading them. Yeah. With this person. It's different. When the when the scriptures clearly say do not be unequally yoked. Except for you guys. It yeah. doesn't say that. It says do not be unequally yoked. Period. Period. And that will save you a lot of heartache. It would. If you just don't dark walk in darkness even just a little. Mm-hmm. If you don't get shot just a little. Save a lot of heartache and a lot of prayer requests, right? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, this guy, I know he's not a Christian, but he's just so nice. And, you know, and, and I prayed for somebody and yada, yada, yada. Mm-mm. It's, 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 it's not hard, folks. It's, it's, it's really, the gospel is really simple. It is black and white. Whether but society. Our hearts are deceptive. Yeah. And our culture and our society doesn't want it to be that way. They want it, Mm-mm. you know, gray, tolerant. They're, I'm sorry. It's not like that. No. Actually, I'm not sorry. It's just what the Word of God says. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry if you if you believe the opposite. I feel sorry for, for those who do. Yeah. So if we walk in the light as He is in light, we have fellowship with one another. You have fellowship with God and Jesus Christ, and He has fellowship with you. Um. <clears throat> Ms. Kapow and I were married. We've been married some, some substantial years. And we communicate and we have a relationship. We have fellowship with each other. And um, so can you imagine 
if um, if we didn't. And, uh, you know, so she's talking to the neighbor and she goes, well, I heard Paul did this and this and that. And she said, well, I didn't, I didn't know that. And blah, blah, blah. why? Well, he never told me, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have communication with each other. How can that be? How could we be married living out of the same household and have a, a relationship and not communicate with each other? Yeah. You know, I had, I had one brother, uh, not too long ago. I mean, he, he read some of our books and. Sometimes in these books, I open up where, you know, God told me this. God told me that. This is what the Lord told me to say or do, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, does God really talk to you? I, was, I said, yeah. I go, it's not like Moses, like an audible voice coming from the mountain. I go, but in my quiet time, some people call it prayer. You call it whatever you want, but you're communicating. You have, you're having fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's so simple, you know, be like, I got to say this prayer and do this or do that. And you're just talking to the person that you like and have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, do you, do you really hear God? And I go, yeah. He, 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 he tells me stuff in the quiet hour. And he leads me to scripture and he leads me to truth and stuff. And the guy was just like amazed. Mm-hmm. Well, he, and he says, and he admits, he goes, well, I, I, I've never heard uh, the voice of God. I've, God's never told me things. And yet, constantly through our relationship with with this man, he would constantly pray, uh, ask for prayer because he'd say, "God's just not telling me what He wants me to do. God's just not leading me. I'm not hearing from God on this matter." You know why? Yes, guess why, folks? He didn't have fellowship for whatever reason. Traditions of men. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I can't let go of this error because it's just the way I was raised. It's what I believe. Oh my, oh, my God. Christmas. Christmas for the kids. I can't give up Christmas. I know it's pagan. I know it's a pagan holiday. I can't give it up because it has, says Christmas. I can't. Well, guess what? You can't have fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't talk to you. You can't talk to him. He doesn't talk to you. You don't know him. So here's the, here's the kicker here in, in this verse. If we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, right? And everything's great, but it doesn't stop there. Guess what it does? It says, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah, his son, cleans us mm-hmm. from all sin. So, Ms. Kapow, let's do a little exercise here. Okay. This is for the uh, the listeners here. The blood of Messiah cleanses us from all sin. When does the blood cleanse us? When does the blood, according to verse 7, when does the blood actually cleanse us? Well, it cleanses us if we walk in the light as he is in the light and we have fellowship with one another. Mm-hmm. That's when it cleanses us. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Right. When does the blood not cleanse us? We were not walking with him. Exactly. While we're walking in darkness. The verse says if we walk in light, then we have fellowship and his blood cleanses us. But if we're walking in darkness, do we have fellowship? Mm-mm. No. Does his blood cleanse us from all sin? Mm-mm. No. I don't care how religious you are or how many times you pay your tithes to Jesse to plant us for his jet. Mm-mm. It doesn't cleanse you from sin. No. And if you continue to walk in darkness and celebrate pagan holidays like Christmas and Easter and worship that you, you put your kids before God and the word of God and you continue to deny the truth, folks, you're walking in darkness. Yep. Yeah, Brother Kapow, you're always picking on Christmas. I am, because that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks for for ex-gens out there. It's incredible why they won't give it up. Yeah. They just won't give up the darkness, even a little bit. And you got a lot of false teachers out there who uh who are promoting it. Mm, that's for sure. Um Okay, let's do an example here. 
Let's do an easy peasy example, something that's not criminal, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and one thing, it doesn't matter if a sin is a crime or not. A sin is a sin. Whether our culture or society has made it a crime is another story. Sin is sin. So we're going to take a sin that's not a crime. Sexual uh, promiscuity, maybe. Kind of like, oh, you know what? The one you, you used about the uh, the Christian person who's all in love and a non-Christian person. And they, they're not married. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a sexual relationship because someday they're going to get married next year. Of course. Okay. But right now... Yeah, they get a little horny. God understands. It's not a big deal. It's a, it's a different day. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't live in first century Palestine. <laughs> Come on, right? So here, here's here's an example. <clears throat> Break down verse seven for us. Um, You get saved, right? Okay. You go to church, you get saved. And uh, you, you receive the Lord. Oh, this is beautiful. I want eternal life. The whole bit. You're a new Christian, right? You don't know anything. You haven't been under the the pastor's teaching yet. You haven't been to uh, Church 101. You haven't joined the church and taken the you know the the purpose driven courses, right? right? You don't know. You just got saved, and then you go home, and you meet with your um, your sex partner that you live with, mm-hmm. your boyfriend, your girlfriend. But you're going to get married next year, mm-hmm. you know. But you guys, are, you know, you're hanging out. You've been having sex for a couple of years. Living as a married couple, you might as well get married, right? And uh, you tell them, hey, I had, uh, you know, I got, uh, I went to church and I found Jesus Christ. And, oh, that's great and everything. I love you, man. Let's uh, let's make love. Um, here's the question. Are your sins cleansed in Christ? Yes. You go to church, you get saved. Mm-hmm. You accept Christ. You go home and you commit sexual sin. Are your sins cleansed in Christ? Not if you're walking in darkness, no. Okay. Yeah. Walking in darkness. Verse 7 says, you'll have fellowship with one another if you walk in the light. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sins. If you walk in the light. If you go home and you commit sexual sin, you're not walking in the light. Mm Mm-mm. I purposely threw you off by saying it's a new Christian. They haven't been to the training. They haven't been to Bible studies. I purposely did that because that's the way people think. Oh, they're struggling. They're brand new. They haven't learned. BS. When Christ comes into your heart and that eternal life comes into you, it changes you. Mm -hmm. You no longer will do the things you want to do immediately. You know, because the Holy Spirit then convicts you of sin. Mm -hmm. The reason why you got saved that night in the first place is because the Holy Spirit drew you and you repented of sin. So you can't go home and continue in it. Yeah, your character was, your nature was changed. Exactly. And I purposely threw that wrench in and then I purposely picked a sin that wasn't a crime. It was no big deal. Right? Society accepts that today. I used to work with a worship pastor in a church. He was a young young man, and he was going to get married in uh, a year or so. And uh, him and his little girlfriend, you know, they, you know, they, oh, he talked to us in the in the guitarist who was who was a little older, and he says, "Well, you know, sometimes people say it's wrong, and other times it's not." And we said, "No, it's always that's always God never condones that." He's oh, not like we did it, but you know, blah blah blah. Right? That's right. Because he was going to Bible college at the time, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. So let's let's change the sin into a, to a sin where now it's, 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 see, sin is sin, but let's make it one that's a crime. Let's say it's pedophilia. Mm-hmm. It's a crime, right, to have sex with a, with a two-year-old infant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Last time I looked in this country, same scenario. You go to church. Uh, you repent of your sins. Oh, God, I need you. I need help. I got addictions, you know, and you get saved. The Lord comes in your heart and everything. And then you go home and you find your little two-year-old niece there, right? In her diapers. And you rape that child. Are your sins cleansed in Christ? Nope. No. See, but that one is so obvious, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
It's the same guy. He's a pedophile, and he hasn't been to the pastor's teaching yet. He hasn't been to church 101. He does, but yet, because he went and raped a child, it's now wrong. But just to live with somebody in sexual sin, it isn't. You see, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to separate the culture and the society from God's economy. Right. I'm trying to save lives because you, we can't think like the world. That's right. We can't walk in darkness even a little bit, even a little bit. So I purposely threw that scenario in there to throw in some wrenches, but there shouldn't be wrenches Mm -mm. because we shouldn't overthink it. Verse seven, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with God and his blood cleanses us from all sins, but we have to walk in the light. Okay. Well, I just want to say uh, Ephesians 1, 7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And this is also part of the, um, the, um, the Last Supper, where he says, in the same way he took the cup after he had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Exactly. And it's not a matter of, if, we're not sitting here saying, oh, you got to do this, you got you to you do this to earn your salvation. You know, it's a free gift. But you have to walk in the light. Mm-hmm. Your nature's changed. Yeah. And you and what Brother Kapow says is true. You just know. That, See, you wouldn't have got saved in the first place unless you were convicted of these things. A, right. a pedophile, a child rapist is not going to go to a church or listen to this show and go, you know what? I need to be salvation of Jesus Christ. Hey, I didn't know raping a two-year-old was wrong. He's not going to do that because the Holy Spirit's going to draw him to Christ. And he's like, I, I need to repent. Repentance means turning away mm-hmm. from the sin. That's why I mean, you can't go home and then do that because you just turned away from it. That's right. But yet, you know, there, there's people out there who, uh, oh man, my goodness, they're promoting homosexuality. You could be a Christian. You could be a pastor of a church and be a, a lesbian and a mm-hmm. homosexual. Uh, you could attend the church services. You could be because it's tolerant and God loves everybody. And 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 you know, even though we don't agree with it, we don't want to kick them out of the church because you know, it just goes with the scripture that says, "You shall know them by their fruit." Yeah, yeah. It's really not complicated. We make it complicated because we think like the world. Mm-hmm. We got to quit thinking like the world. You got to think like God's economy. The scripture. So let me, um, still in verse seven, I'll give you another little you know, scenario. You get saved. The person gets saved, right? <clears throat> they confess, oh God, you know what? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to live this way no more. You know, I know I'm going to get married next year. I know it's wrong, you know, living with this uh, guy or this gal. You know, I know it's wrong raping that two-year-old, uh, my two-year-old niece, right? You see what I mean? It's in a sin. I'm just using examples here. I know it's wrong. God forgive me. You know, I repent. I I, I want to change. I want to change. Create in me a new heart. You see what I mean? Create in me a new spirit and a new heart and put your spirit in me because I don't like who I am. That's repentance. Mm-hmm. At that moment, are your sins cleansed in Christ? Yes. Yes. And then you go home. And you talk to your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you go, I just got saved. Oh, that's great, honey. Let's, let's make love. You know what? I need to talk to you about this because I really feel bad about this now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we should do this until we're married. And here's why. Blah, blah, blah. Right? Mm-hmm. Or the little two-year-old uh, the, the kid comes in and you go, oh, Lord, help me. Help me with this addiction. Cleanse me, Lord. Right? Mm-hmm. It was his sins forgiven. Yes. Because he's walking in the light. Simple, right? Mm-hmm. Don't let people confuse you with the culture, the tolerance, and the love, the ungodly love of the world. That's ah, a hard message, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't it, Mr. Pound? Yep. Uh, verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. What I want you to notice is that verse verse 8 ties in to verse six. It, it, it jumps seven. It goes back to verse six. The truth is not in us. If we say we have no sin, which is what walking in darkness, Mm -hmm. we deceive ourselves 
because darkness equals sin and that equals no blood cleansing, period. So if you say, oh, I don't know sin because I go to church. I'm a, I've been a Christian for 40 years. 40 years I've been a Christian. Don't tell me. Mm-hmm. I'm mature in the Lord. I am no sin. You deceive yourselves. Truth's not in you or us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It goes with verse six. It really does. It ties into that. Because you say you have, you, if you say you have fellowship, but yet you walk in darkness, you lie. You don't know the truth. Verse eight, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It's the same thing. Right? That's right. Verse nine, Ms. Capel. Verse nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This one is, is taken out of context a lot. Yeah. Is it not? Yes. I grew up hearing this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's true. This this verse is absolutely true. That if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Right? That's called repentance. Mm-hmm. And he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But people will take this scripture, and I grew up with the scripture, and they'll end right there. That's it. There's nothing in this verse that says about walking in the light and not walking in darkness. So if you take it out of context, you just read, all I have to do is confess, he's faithful and just to forgive us, and I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Once saved, always saved, right? Because you took it out of context. It's true, but it's only true in its context. See, verse this verse 9 goes with verse 7, just like verse 8 went with 6. Mm-hmm. So verse 7 Let's revisit that again. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanse us from all sins. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. But what goes before that? If we walk in the light and we have fellowship with him. Yeah, you know, 1 John 2, 1 uh, it says, my little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And also Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, he that covers his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. And see, that's where people get, you can get so tripped up because they think, well, man, I'm living this Christian life and oh man, I committed a sin. God didn't, oh man, I'm going to go to hell, right? And they just think that every little thing they do, man, they're under scrutiny and they put themselves under a legalistic system that's just as bad. Mm -hmm. But that's not what that means. That means if you're walking in the light and you miss the mark, you get angry. You know, because that guy cut you off on the freeway, you get angry or, you know, whatever. Or or say you are a pedophile and you look with a little bit of lust and you go, oh, God, you know, there it is again. I rebuke that demon. God, I'm just and you just keep by faith knowing that you're going to be delivered from that. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. Because you're walking in the light. He's faithful. He's 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 going to he's going to forgive you. But one of the worst things you can hear and and. um is because I, I had a sister tell this to one of my other sisters one time. You know, your sins are forgiven from east to west. They're buried in the sea, the deepest sea. Your your sins in the past, present, and future are all forgiven. Is that true? Yes. There is truth in that. But there's it's not all the truth. Mm-mm. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you'll have fellowship with God. And then that's absolutely true. But you can't continue and practice homosexuality or be a bank robber or a drug dealer or a pimp or whatever, whatever you want. Just put whatever you need to put in there, anything that's ungodly, and then go past, present, and future. All my future pimping sins are covered. Well, it's just like the scripture in Romans 8 where it says, Now therefore there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. But how many of them just quote, There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. But they 
they don't finish the scripture that says that you have to walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. <laughs> exactly. And it's exactly like this verse nine one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You confess your sins, faithful and just forgive you and the us from all righteousness. It goes right with that one. You know? Yeah. There's no condemnation. Don't worry about it. No condemnation. If you walk in the spirit, not after the flesh, there's no condemnation. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's legalistic. No, it's not. It's called living under the covenant. Yeah. And part of walking in the light is, as Brother Kapow said, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, he's drawing you to Christ where you can have and ask for forgiveness and have forgiveness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if, when you do fall, then you do have an advocate with the Father through Christ Jesus. And you just make a confession and then you do get cleansed, but you're still walking in the light, even though you may stumble. Amen. Because because we're we're simply not we're simply not perfect. Mm-mm. But what we're talking about is the actual practice of sin. Yes. Where you do not repent, but you continue to do that act that God has told you not to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And justify and think you're okay. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. That's the difference. So we don't want anybody listening to think that, oh, you're talking about you have to be perfect and never sin. And blah, blah. Mm. No, you don't. But you just have to walk. You have to walk in the light. And we'll, we'll, we'll explain. We're going to explain what that is. Okay. So there's no confusion. Well, how do I walk in the light? I don't know. What is light? So that it's not a philosophical de- debate here. It's going to be solid. Right. We're, we're going to go to Galatians here in a little bit. So verse 10 then. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. See, and verse 10 goes with verse 8. Let's go back to verse 8. Verse 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And if you make him a liar, folks, and his word is logos... That's the eternal life that we talked about last week. It's not in us. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What does that mean on judgment day? You're not saved. That's right. You're not going to heaven. You don't have eternal life because the logos, his word is not in us. If we say we haven't sinned, we make him a liar. Mm-hmm. We have to confess it. Yeah, plus the verse verse 5 above says that in God there is no darkness at all. And lying is a darkness. And, yeah. the, and the Word of God says that God cannot lie. That's why we can have such confidence in His promises, because He cannot lie. His His promises are truth. They are steadfast. They are they are rooted. They're deep. They're, they're your anchor. And there is nothing else in the world like that. Mm-hmm. Where you can put your, you can put your confidence, your hope, and your assurance in God's truth, in God's promises, because He cannot lie. Jesus said in um, chapter eight, when He answered His um, His people, He says, "Very verily I say unto you, whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abides not in the house forever, but the Son abides forever." If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. He that is of God hears God's words, and he therefore hear them not because ye are not of God. From his lips to our ears, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. You know, and there's another part of scripture where Jesus says, if you confess me, you confess the son among men, he'll confess you to the father and the angels, right? Mm -hmm. But if you confess not him, he's going to deny you also, right? You know, you know, so you go, well, what does that mean? I got to stand on the corner with my Bible and go, I confess Christ. You take your Bible to work and thump somebody over the head, your co-worker in a cubicle, thump them. Hey, confess Christ. You know what confessing Christ is to men? Walking in the light. Yeah. <laughs> you walk in the light. Walk in the spirit. 
have God's character. Then the men of the world, people of the world see it, and it confesses to them that Christ lives in you. You're different. You're not of the world. You're different. But if you don't walk in the light, you're not confessing him, right? So, of course, he doesn't confess you to the Father and to the angels. You're not saved. It all ties in. It all ties in. Ms. Kapow, are we ready for Galatians? Yes, we are. Because here's the deal. We keep talking about walking in the light or walking in the spirit. And there may be somebody out there going, what exactly is that? I need some something tangible. You know, because my, mm-hmm. my definition of light might be a little different than your definition of light. <laughs> right? That's true. Right? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'm a homosexual. But my partner and I love each other, so we're not promiscuous. Mm. And when the Bible talks about sodomites, they're only talking... And this is true, by the way, folks. This is the argument they use. When the Bible talks about sodomites, it's always referred to as a temple prostitute. (laughs) But we're not temple prostitutes. That is wrong. If you're a temple prostitute and you're a sodomite, that is wrong in God's eyes. But if you're not a temple prostitute and you love one another because you just love each other, that's love and that's okay. So that's my light. Yeah. And I didn't make that up, folks. That you if you look at their websites, that's exactly Yeah. That's exactly their theology and how they get around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pedophilia had the same thing. Uh pedophilia, they say uh the Bible doesn't come out against pedophilia and actually encourages it when they you know, when God told you know Israel to take the, the the young one the little ones and this and that, right? Um they will twist the scriptures. Mm. You know why? Because they don't walk in the light. They, they walk love in the, the darkness. darkness. Yeah. They love the darkness. So let's uh, let's try to break down light and darkness. Just for those of you that maybe need something tangible, we're going to go to Paul's writings in the Galatians five. This is good stuff to uh, print out and have on your your uh, bathroom mirror and read it every day. It really is Galatians five. It, the The context of it is that the Galatians had been bewitched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were saved, right? And then some Judaizers came to them and said, you need to keep the ceremonial law. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a difference between the law of God, folks, God's moral law, his Ten Commandments, his moral law, right? That's right. And the ceremonial law. There's a difference. So they came to the Galatians and said, you need to keep ceremonial law. You need to be circumcised. You need to, you know, the blood of goats. Uh, you need a priest. You need blah, blah, blah. So the Galatians then do what a lot of Christians do today. They get into this uh, Hebraic Hebrew movement. Mm -hmm. They get all wrapped up in Israel. (laughs) They start thinking they're Jews, (laughs) ancient Jews. And they start, you know, (laughs) you know, talking Hebrew and, uh, you know, uh, celebrating uh, Passover and Purim. Purim and 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 Sukkoth and living in a tent and they start doing the law, you know, and uh, circumcision and all this stuff. So same thing happens today with people. They go sideways with this uh, Hebraic uh, uh, Jewish type of movement. The roots, what's it called? Jewish Hebrew roots movement. Something like that, yeah. So they get all sideways with it. And Paul had addressed this years ago. because as it happened to the Galatians, and he says, "Well, when you do this, when you do when you do this, you negate the work of Christ. The Christ, Christ fulfilled the law, folks, mm-hmm. the ceremonial law. Christ is God's law, and He fulfilled the ceremonial law. You no longer need that. You negate Christ, and you have liberty in Christ, right? But you don't abuse that liberty to sin. You still walk in the light. You walk in the Spirit." But you don't, you don't need the blood of goats. And it, it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. Or, if, or, or, you know, or, or you keep Sabbath on Saturday or not. That's not what it is anyway. Mm-mm. You want to know what keeping the Sabbath is? I'm not going to tell you. Get eyes of CNC enemy. I have a whole chapter on it. Um, it's prophetic. But this is what happened to the Galatians. It goes, how did you get so easily bewitched, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the background of this. So in verse 16... You have it up in front? Yes. Okay. Well, could you read this in verse, start from verse 16? Sure. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. 
But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Okay, hold on. So, what is Paul saying, walk in the Spirit? It's the same thing as walking in the light. God is light, right? Mm -hmm. Walk in the Spirit, the pneuma, the Spirit of God. And if you do that, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's the flesh of the flesh then? Darkness. Mm -hmm. And the word lust for the flesh of the lust against the spirit is to set the heart upon. Mm. You know, and then in, in Colossians, it says if you are born again, that you need to set your heart upon the things above. Mm -hmm. Not the things of the world. That's right. Okay. Because these two are enmity against one another. All right. So continue on. Okay. Um, I think it was 17. Yes. For the, lust, the, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and in the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, you are not under the, under the law. Ceremonial law. Mm -hmm. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery. Okay, folks, pay attention here because here is walking in darkness. For those who need something a little more tangible, like I don't understand what the difference is. You, you say I can't live with my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> here's something a little more tangible for you. Here's mm -hmm. darkness. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, Strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This really behooves all of us. And we used to have this posted on our bathroom mirror, mm -hmm. um, Galatians 5. Galatians 5 stuff, because you can see the works of the flesh and you can see the works of the spirit in one uh, fell swoop there. Mm -hmm. And every morning you can look at it and go, am I doing this and not doing this? Seriously. Mm -hmm. And it, it would behoove everybody to take and do a word study on all those words. Idolatry doesn't mean just cheating on your wife, even though that's wrong. Idolatry is cheating on God. Mm -hmm. It's always looked at in the scripture as harlotry or idolatry also it's going after something else before god fornication that's illicit sexual intercourse biblically it's intercourse between a man and a woman within marriage always oh well th there goes your your whole thing about living with my girlfriend or boyfriend right mm -hmm. you don't have to be a pedophile you don't have to be a rapist right uncleanness well that 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 covers a lot lasciviousness unbridled lust Excess, outrageousness. How many people are lasciviousness about uh, sports? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, seriously. Idolatry, anything you put before God. Witchcraft, manipulation, you're poisoning drugs, pharmacia, sorcery. <laughs> really, folks, pharmacy. The word witchcraft there is pharmacia. Oh, it's so quiet. Mr. Capan? Crickets, crickets. Hatred, hostility, enemy. Uh, there's some people that hate brother and sister Capel right now. What's variance mean? Someone that's quarrels a lot. Strife, wrangling, contention. Yeah, just sitting in church with that sour face. Right? Mm -hmm. Emulations. That's interesting. It's um, excitement of mind. Indignation, fervent emulation, zeal, <laughs> mm -hmm. embracing, pursuing, defending anything. I'm, I'm pro-Trump. I'm pro-Hillary, regardless. Emulations, <laughs> wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Uh-oh, heresies. Like once saved, always saved. Mm. Envians, murders, drunken. It goes on and on, right? And then what does Paul say? Those who do such thing, uh, they're okay because they walk the gray area. They're no. they're forgiven. They're cool. Is that what Paul they said? They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And and why would Paul write that? Why would Paul say they wouldn't inherit the kingdom of God according to First John? Well, because they're walking in darkness. Exactly. 
And that's why they can't inherit the word of God, the, the kingdom of God. Okay, so what Ms. Kapow would be walking in the light or the f- walking in the spirit? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And against such, there is not no law. There is no, no law. law. There's no ceremonial law against this type of behavior. Because if you look at what Paul broke down in those two verses... It's all the character of Christ. It's all the character of God. God has love. And I'm not talking sloppy agape. I'm talking the real agape. Joy, not happiness, joy, Mm -hmm. gladness that you receive from your eternal life. Peace. Peace is huge, folks. Christ is long-suffering. God is gentle, goodness, faith, all this. There's your walking in the Spirit and the light, and there's no law against that. There's no ceremonial law. Right? Mm-hmm. And in verse 24, Paul says, and they that are Christ, right? If you're walking in the light and you have fellowship with, with God and Christ, you belong to Christ, you've crucified the flesh. That means you've denied yourself, taken up your cross, and followed him. Well, that's a hard one. No one wants to preach that, Mr. That's what it means. That's she's absolutely right. Crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. You mm-hmm. can also replace that word if you wanted to with light. If you live in the light, God's light because God is light. There's no darkness in him. Let us also walk in the light. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that is it for me as far as my scriptures. Yep, me too. What? I know. You finished your scriptures? I did. That's pretty good. Well, that was a, uh, it, it's really not a hard message. It's it's a very simple message, but it, it's hard um, if if uh, someone's wrapped up in the culture, Yeah, you know, and in the, in the, in the things of the world. Go. It's hard to let go. It makes it a hard message. But in reality, it's a very simple, simple message. Um, either light or your darkness. Right? You're, you're, uh, no one likes to be shot just a little. You, yeah. can't, you can't be dark just a little. And Jesus says, if you love me, you'll sh- you shall keep my commandments. Exactly. The ceremonial commandments? Mm-hmm. No. His moral law, his commandments, his commandments. His commandment is for us to love one another. Mm-hmm. And... To love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yep. And on those two, you can hang all the law and all the prophets. Wow. It's a lot. You love God. You put nothing before him. Goodness, Beth. I think that's it. All right. Good night, baby. Good night.